time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. That's a great episode today. What they're saying, the experts analyzing and giving advice on surviving a bear market. That's what we're talking about today because it's no secret we're in some turmoil in the stock market, bear market, the word recession, the R word getting thrown around daily. We're going to break it all down on today's episode with Charles Weldy, founder and certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group based in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. You can find us online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, my friend, you know, what can we do to survive the bear market like we're in right now? And uh, I know you're probably getting lots of questions about this from clients or, or maybe not clients, but just people that are, you know, maybe meeting you for the first time or I don't know, they find out you're a financial advisor. They go, oh my God, what do I do in the market right now? Are you, are you fielding those kinds of uh, opinions and questions? Yeah, and just tell them to turn the TV off and get a life, you know? There I mean, you go. There this you go. too shall pass. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Perhaps the advice is that simple, right? But uh, but we're not going to let you get off the hook with just that simple of an explanation, Charles. We're going we're gonna to put you to the test today a little bit. Um, so what we've done is we've gone around and collected opinions. Uh, some We've pulled quotes, ideas, thoughts, all about surviving a bear market, advice from experts across the industry. And we'll kind of lay these thoughts out. And I'm just interested in your perspective, maybe your reaction to these things, if that works for you, Charles. Sure, sure. Okay. Perfect. Uh, if you're listening to today's show, perhaps you've even heard some of the advice that we're going to uh, throw out on the show today from some of these experts. Should you follow it? Should you proceed with caution? We'll break it all down and give some context and perspective on the episode today. All right, so here's uh, first perspective. Comes to us from an equity strategist named Phil Orlando. He says he expects the market to decline further throughout the summer, perhaps an additional 10% from when he made this comment, and that he favors value stocks in energy, financial, and healthcare industries over growth stocks. He also says holding cash hasn't been this attractive in more than 20 years. What do you think about some of his takeaways of uh, the current landscape? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, if, if history's any guide in the summertime, generally speaking, the market does go down. So the fact that he's predicting it might get down another 10% doesn't surprise me. But the reality of it is um, when he says that he hasn't seen cash look this attractive in more than 20 years, I mean, I think, you know, he needs to get his head examined because uh, when you look at cash, I mean, it's not paying anything, number one. You know, the interest rates are you know still historically low. And, um, you know, does he have a magic wand when he knows that the market's ready to go up and he's going to put that cash back into the market? So I would just say like, hey, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, earlier in my career, I tried to be kind of like a market timer. Uh, and the reality of it is, is like, you know, maybe I was successful in the short term, but, you know, over a period of time, I was like drastically, um, you know, in over my head, so to speak, because I found out that, hey, you know, when you think the market might go down and you get out of it uh, and you think the market might go back in and you get back in, they don't ring the bell twice and you're not always right. So you might be better off just saying like, hey, how much is short term money? How much is intermediate term money? How much is long term money? And invest accordingly because uh, over time, stocks will outperform, you know, any other asset class if history is any guide. And um, to have it sitting on the sidelines, you know, for the next couple of months, July, August, September might not be an appropriate thing because um, it doesn't just move back up slightly if things look, you know, pretty positive, the market could like 
bounce up like and you could lose a lot of the upside just by remaining in cash. So uh, I would, you know, just to summarize this, I'd say, hey, Phil, Orlando, uh, wherever you are, you know, hey, we all have our opinions and whether um, it's value stocks or growth stocks. Hey, the important thing is to be in stocks for the long term because stocks will give you the premium return over other investments. But, um, you know, the fact that now is the best time to be in cash, you know, in the last 20 years, I totally disagree. And I think investors should remain fully invested, you know, and uh, not change their investment plans unless their actual financial plan does change. Love it when we can get you to disagree with somebody out there, Charles. Fantastic. We'll see if we can let that happen a few more times on the show today. But also, you know, feel free to agree with somebody as well. Sure. Uh, we we have to another attitude about the current market right now from financial author Sam Robson, saying that the bear market is a fantastic, all caps, fantastic opportunity for long-term investors, long-term being the key phrase, he says. Well, I mean, I'm looking at a... Um a one-page document here is called The Bumpy Road to the Market's Long-Term Average. And what it says, Walter, is like, hey, you know, over the last 96 years, the long-term average of the market was 10% per year, right? So basically, um, you know, long-term, 10%, I'll take that. You know, you're not going to get that in bonds. You're not going to get that in cash. You're not going to get that. Maybe you might get something similar to that in real estate, but I doubt it. The key here is long term. If you're a long term investor, you know, uh, you can stomach the volatility in the short and intermediate term. And uh, I think stocks are really the way to go. I'm looking at this and I just want to, for the people that are listening to this podcast, uh, I'm looking at the market over the last 96 years. This is the U.S. stock market. Okay. The annual return has been about 10% over, you know, over the last like 96 years. But here's the kicker, right? The kicker is that since 1926, right, the annual returns have been positive 71 times, negative 25 times, which kind of means that three out of four years, the market's up. And even though the market's been up average 10% a year for the last like, you know, 96 years, it's only been between 8% and 12% per year only seven times out of the last 96 years. That is incredible. That means that 87 years, it's been greater than 12% or less than 8%, you know, and the reality of it is, is like we can't anticipate being out of the market making those kind of returns if we have money sitting on the sidelines. So long, it's a fantastic opportunity, I believe, for long-term investors uh, buying companies, you know, uh, that will hopefully go up in value based upon history and, uh, it's probably the best investment over time in my lifetime, the stock market. And I encourage everyone to be a long-term, have a long-term outlook. Charles is definitely not a uh, fan of sitting on the sidelines in life and uh, and investing, it sounds like. Uh, financial journalist Bill Stone says there's a silver lining to the uh, you know dour recent review of the stock and bond market damage and that there's a decent amount of bad news baked into asset prices already. So he goes on to suggest that the timing, the end of the bear market, you know, yeah, that's impossible. He admits that. But that the eventual rebound is typically going to to be explosive and to look for it to happen before the economy actually recovers. Do you start looking at things in kind of that granular way at this point? Well, you know, uh, that graph that I just spoke about, I mean, basically what it says is like, hey, you're not going to get like, you know, nominal returns. Like uh, you're not going to get like five, six, seven percent, you know, year in, year out. You're going to get like something really large or something going down a lot in value. So uh, in order to capture, you know, that 10% annual return over the last 96 years, 
you have to, you know, really be able to ride, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, uh, being in cash and having the market go up 10, 12% in any like one week, you know, really could be a year's worth of returns that you're giving up just by embracing safety. So again, like, I know that I I say this a lot, but like, you know, when will the money be needed? What's it for? And if the money's not going to be needed for seven to 10 years, it goes in the growth bucket, so to speak. And that growth bucket generally is comprised of stock. And the stock, if history is any guy, will do much better than any other investment. So again, it's really important to note like the purpose of the money, when it will be needed. And if it's like, you know, for seven to 10 years or more, stocks are the way to go. Got another one here for you, Charles, and this one comes to us from a columnist and a financial advisor, Grant Sullivan. He says to beware of making emotional decisions in turbulent times and that making those kinds of mistakes can be more costly than you think. Well, I agree with him. I mean, obviously, um, I subscribe to the theory that if your uh, financial plan doesn't change, your investment should not change. And basically, probably the greatest benefit a financial advisor has for his or her clients is really a behavioral coach that really makes sure that their emotions don't get the best of them. And um, the reality of it is when you do have a date dollar specific plan and you work the plan, you know, you're not going to let your emotions get the best of you and you're going to follow the plan regardless of where the markets are. So I agree with uh, this financial advisor, Grant Sullivan, uh, that, you know, beware of making emotional decisions because generally speaking, we're all emotional creatures. And when we make emotional decisions, we usually end up, you know, at the wrong end of the stick, so to speak. That's a great point as well, Charles. Here's a good one. A collection advisors. This was in a recent Go Banking Rates article. They shared the following advice. So I can't really can attribute this to one particular person. Uh, Do not change your allocation in your 401k following a market downturn without first making sure you have a thought-out, long-term, strategic financial plan in place. That sounds like uh, something that would have come out of your mouth, I would imagine. Yeah. So basically, if, you know, not if, when the market goes down, if let's just say you're in a, just for uh, example purposes here, you're in a 50-50 portfolio, 50% stock, 50% fixed income, and the market goes down 30%. So all of a sudden, what would happen is you have a lot less stock valuation, a lot higher fixed income valuation. And that example, you know, as long as it's long-term money, and generally it would be uh, in a 401k plan, I would actually rebalance and I would rebalance back to the 50-50, where I would be buying stocks that went down in price with the fixed income that didn't go down, and I would get back to that 50-50 allocation. So um, I wouldn't panic, but I would actually be a buyer of equities when the market went down, as opposed to just saying, hey, you know, let's ride it out and, and wait you know, for some future date to, to make a correction. I'd make it as soon as that market went down, say 20 30%, I would be buying equities and rebalancing the account. It's almost like dollar cost averaging in reverse. Uh, someone has a static account like a 401k uh, that has a nice balance in there that it went down in value because of a market correction. I would, you know, sooner rather than later want to rebalance that account. Yeah, I like that a lot, Charles, and uh, good to think of things that way. Here's another one. The head of a national retirement resource organization said, if it were me and I was going to declare I'm retired and have my retirement party, I'd look to delay it a year or even two if I could. Is that the kind of advice you're giving anybody right now, delay the retirement? No, I mean, basically, I think five years before you retire and the first five years of your retirement, those 10 years I call your retirement red zone. And I think people 
um, you know, well before they retire, say five years, you know, should really be uh, reallocating their assets to accommodate their retirement, regardless of like where the markets are. So in this example, if their planned retirement date was next year, and even though the market was down, I think I would have those buckets uh, that we talked about earlier, the now, soon, and later bucket, really like allocate it in such a way that uh, they could be taking money out in a down market and really not lose a uh, lose a beat. So um, now I kind of disagree with uh, you know delaying your retirement if you've saved and you have your retirement plan in place and you have you know that income gap so to speak uh, you know funded. Uh, no reason to delay your retirement for another year or two. All right, we got just a couple of more here before we wrap up this episode, Charles. And let's uh, take it to Warren Buffett on this next one. Now, he didn't necessarily say these things yesterday. So we're going to, you know, these were all relatively recent comments about surviving a bear market. Warren's been giving this kind of advice for a long time. He has two famous pieces of advice that both apply to kind of what we're experiencing right now. But here's the catch. They seem a little contradictory, so I'm hoping you can help us reconcile the two for investors and those preparing for retirement. So the first one he gave, first piece of advice, the most important thing to do if you find yourself in a hole is to stop digging, right? I think a lot of people would agree they feel like they're in a hole right now investing, so the advice is stop digging. But we also have a piece of advice from him, famous quote, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So if people are fearful right now because they're digging this hole, should we then go get greedy? So how do you reconcile kind of two different uh, approaches and mentalities there? Well, you know, that quote, like the most important thing to do if you find yourself in a hole is to stop digging. I mean, to me, um, what that means is like, hey, don't throw bad money after good money, all right? Uh, or good money after bad money, so to speak. So I don't know. My, my interpretation of that, Walter, is like, hey, you know, if I had an investment such as Bitcoin and, you know, I thought it was going to like, you know, go to the moon and all of a sudden it tanked and, you know, it's it's worth like uh, one third of what I paid for it. I'm not going to double down and put more money in there. You know, I'm going to stop digging and, and look for something else. So I think the most important thing to do if you find yourself in a hole is to stop digging Get your emotions out of your investing and say, hey, look, you know, what kind of investment is this? Is it something that is speculative? Is it something that, you know, has a track record, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, for the most part, uh, if it's Bitcoin, as I you know, mentioned earlier, uh, I'm going to stop, uh, you know, throwing bad, good money after bad. Uh, I'm just going to like maybe hold on to what I have and pray that it comes back sometime in the future. The second quote, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. I mean, basically, when you know, everybody's honky-dory about the stock market going up, 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 you know, obviously you should be concerned because it can't go up forever. Um, so uh, be fearful when others are greedy. So today, I don't, I don't know if people are greedy. I think probably today people are more fearful. So that would mean that, hey, you know, when others are fearful, maybe what we should do is actually look at like what our resources are and maybe actually like, you know, become a buyer of equities as opposed to a seller of equities. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but pretty much, uh, you know, uh, for the most part, don't follow the herd, follow your date dollar specific investment plan. Great points, Charles. And yeah, it, context matters with uh, pieces of advice, right? Especially when we're just plucking them off the internet. And uh, that's a good context to give some background for where you would see those two quotes kind of appearing. They may seem contradictory, but when you apply that context, definitely are not. All right. Uh, last but not least, Charles, I just turned the floor over to you and you may have already said everything that you want to say on it, but is there any specific advice during this market turmoil, uh, during this bear market and with fears of the recession and all that kind of stuff? Uh, are there any things that you're specifically sharing with your clients? 
Well, one of the quotes that I always use, and it's from a gentleman by the name of Nick Murray. I met him up in New York maybe about 20 years ago, and I read all his books and I subscribe to his newsletter. And he's really, um, you know, just a great mentor. But he has a saying, Walter, it's like short-term unknowable, long-term inevitable. And I think, um, you know, realistically, if people like, you know, just follow that advice, short-term unknowable, hey, this too shall pass. I mean, in order to get those premium returns and equities, we have to put up with the temporary declines. And uh, again, you know, um, with what we went through the last couple of years, COVID, uh, people maybe, um, you know, uh, looking at their careers and changing them, moving to other states, you know, questioning uh, different things. I mean, uh, short term unknowable, but, you know, long term inevitable. These companies are coming back, uh, even though we're probably going into, you know, a recession uh, in the near future. Uh, recessions are generally very temporary. I'm not really that worried about it. I'm more concerned about inflation. But long term, it'll correct itself. So, um, you know, my specific advice to anyone listening to this podcast is short term unknowable. So don't sweat it out. Long term, it's inevitable. So, you know, faith is greater than fear and uh, be a long term investor. And I think you'll be richly rewarded. Well, if you have any questions for Charles, and uh, hopefully you found today's episode helpful to give you some perspective on trying to navigate and approach this bear market that we're in, uh, give him a call, 610-388-7705. Feel free to ask any of your financial or retirement planning questions. That's 610-388-7705. Or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. And as always, the contact info is in the description of today's show. So just check your app or the website wherever you are listening to the program, and you can find those easy ways to get in touch with Charles. Charles, thank you for your perspective and reaction to these different comments, and we'll look forward to another new episode with you soon. Thank you, Walter. No worries, my friend. The cool down is on the way. (laughs) I know we're all looking forward to it. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.